Welcome to Fly Cool Shit, the show where Jeff Petro and Mark Pollard talk about aerobatics, unique airplanes, aviation news, and so much more. Hey pilot, you're cleared to enter the box. Smoke on. Hey everyone, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, (laughs) what else am I missing? I'm missing the big one, happy Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah, welcome to another episode of Fly Cool Shit, powered by Lyft Aviation, I'm Mark, and I'm Jeff, and I just got done having dinner with the, I almost said I almost got done drinking with AJ, but no, (laughs) I just, uh, AJ is in New York. You're never really done drinking with AJ. No, it's like the never-ending story, you know. Yeah. Or is that what's that movie where they ride the big dog that looks like a floor mat? That's <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> right? it's, it's a never-ending story, I think. Right? Yeah, I think so. Right? That poor yeah. dog. It's that big white dog giving laps all yeah. day long, not even getting a treat. You ever seen him give not even a treat? Nothing. Not even like a. I mean, not even really any affection. Definitely yeah, no food. Uh, terrible. Thing his back is broken out, can't even stand up. So freaking like it's like the American version of the magic carpet in Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bunch of asshole kids in that movie. I forgot about that movie. No Jasmine, dirty grandpa, a kid that won't go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you can't tell, I've been drinking tonight. Um uh, every, uh Sammy Mason rejoices. <laughs> Sammy is like they just ears just perked up, like oh, it's gonna be a good one, and it is gonna be a good one. It is gonna be a good one. Uh, it's a couple days before Christmas. This is gonna come mm-hmm. out. Um, this is gonna come out tomorrow, the which will be the twenty third. So, a couple days before for uh, Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I hear, it's it's a white Christmas in the uh, on the East Coast. Um, no, it's it's gonna be rainy if you go like north they'll get snow we just get the trash here we just get, get cold trash. weather and cold rain yeah it's like turning into new jersey where i live it's disgusting that sucks that sucks yeah, yeah it's terrible um but yeah say levy i don't know how luke penner does it up in like freaking alaska or whatever oh, the, antarctica he's in a freaking igloo right now just like chilling out dude god you think they just like have like canadian maple syrup sticks that they just chew on like we have honey sticks here you know like some of the hippies like they they just chew on honey they probably like sucking on maple syrup yeah trying to get their body temperatures up just just <laughs> yeah that and a lot of ma- like just a lot of hugging they're like squirrels yeah. up there they like they forage all year and then they put away food they're just sitting in a in a lincoln log cabin just yeah feeding eat, you know eating off the reserves right now hoping that springtime comes soon <laughs> uh, I love uh, it. I love it. Do Canadians so I, celebrate Christmas? You know, I don't know. Or is like Smokey the Bear like bring them gifts? That's a good question. Uh, Smokey the Bear, a moose, a, a mountie on a moose brings everybody <laughs> a small gift. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Everybody's getting decorated pine cones. Like we De- decorate gingerbread <laughs> gingerbread houses here. They decorate pine cones up there. Pine cones. They uh <laughs> they draw square wheels on their cars. 
Yeah. And wonder why it won't work. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. I'm not your buddy guy. <laughs> um, so have you, have, you probably haven't been able to do any flying. Cause I, I mean, I did look at the weather. I was actually supposed to be, I was thinking about going out there. We were trying to plan to go out there, which would have been super I fun know. to hang out. I was um, getting so pumped. I know the weather, uh, or the, the schedules, Emily's schedule's just been crazy, but, um, it's been crazy back here. I've gotten a little bit of flying in. I actually got a chance to, uh, to fly 300L for a, uh, um, a partnership that uh, formed up in Southern California. They bought an airplane that was up here. I want to um, talk about that too, because I didn't ask you any questions. So it'll be really um, orgasmic for us yeah. to uh, talk about. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, um, uh, organic, sorry. Organic. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so that, that's that been fun, but I, I would imagine you probably have not been doing much flying. No, it's fucking cold and I'm freezing. I'm, I'm a little puss. I don't like to fly in the cold weather. What can I say? And like, it makes it even worse when I see like Luke Penner flying in like sub-zero temperatures and like with a smile on his face and like it's probably like 30, 40 degrees hotter here. And I'm still like, ah, no thanks. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I um I went to Napa today. Uh, we had we had a thing today, uh like a family. Oh God, what is it called? I don't know. Like where we do like kind of like a it's like a group present, you know, like a gift to the family. Like we take nice. somebody out to like a like a theater production thing, and then another person will buy everybody dinner, and it's kind of like, pre- you know, that way like we're not buying individual presents. Like we just try to like reduce the amount of shit we have in the house. You know, it's, it's it works out really well. How spoiled these kids are, and I mean oh, that crazy. like the most like genuine way. Like I'm happy that they're happy, but like come on, like it's too much. It's too much. It's, it's too, much. too much. But I um, guess that I have to put through my very expensive. But you cannot get that many toys. Exactly. You can you can take two less toys, Dylan. Uh, yeah. Henry. And there um, we are. The guess what? Fill it up. Yeah. <laughs> Overpriced people. <laughs> oh, one you got 100, gun, 120 octane in there? Let's see. Let's go. One nerf gun. Not two. One nerf gun. <laughs> oh, what's the uh to pay the insurance on? No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> but yeah, um, a bunch of them got COVID and canceled. Ooh. So they canceled the show. So I was like, you know what? We have some wine wine club shipments to pick up. So let's go. So hell yeah. Where'd you go? We did some drinking earlier. Uh we just went to Frog's Leap um and Laird. Nice. Yeah, just a quick little pickup and nice little late some lunch. Fancy, some fancy wine tonight. And I feel bad drinking it. You know, I was driving, so I didn't drink much. But AJ's like a wino and knows his shit. Hell yeah. So when he's um, not drinking Jameson. Well, we were drinking that too. Um, <laughs> chasing, chasing really expensive <laughs> wine with Jameson. No, we were. I'm not making that up. <laughs> that's, that's I believe what, it. I believe like, it. Like in like stupid money bottles of wine like that. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> 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 oh my god. And um, and, yeah, I feel bad drinking it because like, you know, I'm. I feel like I'm smart enough to know like, hey, this is really nice shit, and I shouldn't waste it going down my, you know, guzzle. And, um, you know, like, I don't deserve to be drinking this. I can't appreciate it. And, um, you know, of course, like, I have to do the swirl and pretend and this and that. And um, uh, his cousin, well, I guess it's his nephew-in-law, whatever you want to call it, really super-duper guy. Um, you know, but, you know, he's like a beer guy. He just got into wine. And he was telling me a story about, like, how he first started drinking wine with AJ. And uh, the sommelier was like, what does that taste like to you? So and so, and he's like, it tastes like red wine. 
But um, I can't even remember the, the names. They were like, they weren't like your typical, like KMS, Rothschild, you know, uh, what is that, Rothschild, right? Or, um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Lafitte, Chateau Lafitte, Rothschild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like fucking like, just, I don't know, somebody like, uh, you know, they freaking sacrificed the family to make the the vintage taste better for that year and get the rainy season in. Um, it was some really epic stuff. Um, but I gotta be honest, it, it tasted good, but I, I I can't pick up on those nuances. But I threw some bullshit terms that I was way off. You know, like when you try to bullshit a little bit just so you don't seem like a complete idiot. So the the summoning thing was like, well, what does that taste like to you, Jeff? I'm like, that's a little spicy. And they're like, no. <laughs> nope. Nailed it. Nailed it. I'm like, maybe no, maybe a little bit. They're like, not eat no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and AJ's just like rolling his eyes and I'm like it's got a good finish though it's got a good finish <laughs> I love oh, it god it's terrible I'm it. such a waste I'm such a waste um, and then like I'm not trying to this is going to come off so mean and like I might get this this happen to me maybe in the future but and I feel bad for people to have this happen so I hope I explain this right the bartender who is who is um, a good looking lady um or what do you call like she's not a, a girl because she's like the girl she was in her 30s so not a woman it's almost like that britney spears song like i'm not a girl not yet a woman like anyway she was a pretty i just want to go on record saying that i don't know that song <laughs> and jeff knows the lyrics verbatim verbatim i listened to that before i fly so uh, i hype myself up anyway but she had a lazy eye <laughs> and i don't know about you but like I care a lot about like trying to, I don't want to make anybody feel like, you know, awkward, everything, which comes off making them feel awkward. So I don't know where to look ever. And I always do like different spots. Like I'll I'll do like the middle of the forehead or I'll stare at the lazy eye, which doesn't work well because then they, I just do, I don't know. I just, where do you look when that happens? And then I feel awkward and I'm trying to have like these awkward conversations and make up for it. It's just, it was a disaster. (laughs) I don't think she noticed though. But do you have to you? I can only imagine as the night goes on how yeah. awkward that must have become and yeah. how much you guys couldn't stop talking about it. No, I didn't say anything to AJ because AJ has no filter. That's okay. So he didn't even notice. No, and I wanted to be like so bad, be like, hey guys, are you guys is it me? Do you pick up on this? <laughs> Am I the only one saying this? AJ would have just pointed and they're like, ha ah! ha. <laughs> terrible. It's fucking terrible. Can we talk about your lazy eye, ma'am? How'd that happen? Tell me about it. And she had a mole, like Austin Powers. Oh, just just hitting all the bases here. Oh my god. And she had a tramp stamp, but it was on her shoulder blade. Picture that. Like That's it was a you know, like a sunflower or some like rounded circular object, like t- six inches diameter, like on her shoulder blade. I'm like. I don't know if I, in my head, I wanted to talk about it so bad and be like, can you explain, like, like just want to, like, why there? Why there? Yeah. You know, why on the shoulder blade? But I didn't. I was very respectful. Very respectful. Good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was my night of uh, drinking probably the, the nicest grape juice I've, I'll ever drink in my life. <laughs> 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 um and an overpriced wedge salad 
Which is just crazy what they charge for salads these days. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, we, we got Caesar salads. So we went out for a nice Italian dinner. I got a bunch of freaking kick-ass wine a couple days ago. It was an amazing meal. Eating vongole and freaking bistecca and oh so fucking good. God damn yeah. it was a good. Um nice. And, you know, there's Caesar salads. One of the best. We love it. It's one of our favorite restaurants. It's where we had our wedding reception. Was it a cold plate? Was it a cold plate? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cold plate Caesar salad. And I won't even eat a Caesar salad unless the. I'll send it back and be like, put this freaking shit in the freezer for five minutes. I won't even touch it. It's supposed to be iceberg. Iceberg. Not warm berg, dude. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to South Carolina berg. I'm going to Antarctica (laughs) berg. (laughs) Um, but yeah, the salads, uh, I think their salads were 17 bucks a piece. Yeah, like come on. Like I can go right down to freaking I don't know what freaking grocery stores are by you, but like I mean, would that be frowned upon? Imagine if like you brought because like when you get the wedge the wedge salad, it's you have to chop the shit up yourself anyway. So why not just bring your own lettuce at that point? Yeah. Like you're not paying for the labor. That's like and this podcast is derailing very quickly into uh uh by the way, we got some uh good feedback. Thank you guys for uh giving us uh some defense to our our food talk and stuff like that. But uh we're gonna get some hate about <laughs> we haven't talked about flying yet. Um but can we talk about the wedge salad? Like, can you imagine did we no, it's like dude, it's like self-checkout. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, I, why am I doing the work like, for you? Dude, I, I would love to have been in the room. When the person that invented the wedge salad, it had to be a joke. It had to be like them, like, you know, Mr. Wedge and Mr. Uh, Romaine were sitting in a room or Mr. Ice, and we're like, hey, I got an idea. And they're like, what's up, man? What's up, uh, Wedge? And like, how about, <laughs> how about we just fucking cut a piece of lettuce in half and pour the shit on top and just give it to them, see what they say. Yeah. And, and then- charge a bunch for it. And then it just snowballed, and people were like, "I'll pay extra to do." It. And they're like, "What well, fuck?" <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. I feel bad. Like I'll be at a restaurant. Like, can you chop that? Like, why should I have to ask for my lettuce to be chopped? Like, just say that out loud. Does that make yeah. any sense? Like, I'm going to go to a place. Like, you're paying for service. You tip on service. You pay a little bit of a premium for the food because you're getting served it, and 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 the ambiance and the setting and blah blah review or whatever. Like, why should I have to ask you? To to make my food thereafter, <laughs> it's so fucked up. <laughs> that drive me nuts. They drive me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you want me to cut your? Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, so funny. But I definitely want to talk about Top Gun Maverick. I got a couple. I got a couple. Let's get uh, into it because I don't think I, we've talked about Top Gun Maverick. I got that like tic- I don't have TikTok. I have old man TikTok that my wife likes to call it because I have yeah. Instagram. And I scroll through reels on Instagram. She's like, why don't you go to TikTok? I'm like, I don't want fucking TikTok. I'm not 12. And she's like, go get TikTok. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, you're an old man TikTok. Fuck off. Getting divorced. Leaving it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got some pet peeves or what was that thing on, on, I saw it on old man TikTok, but where it was like, tell me your icks. Do you see that thing like about going viral? No. Oh, never mind. I'll tell you offline about that. It was pretty funny. You and Emily probably laugh about it, but it's like these Love like it. couples that go on Instagram and they like it filters their voice into like some like funny sounding voice, and you basically it's like my ache with you is that when you fall asleep you snore really loud, like shit like that. Okay, okay. Um. Anyway, so yeah, Top Gun. Do you have if before I go into into a rant? 
Do you have what what don't you like about that film? What don't I like about Tom or King like Maverick? what were you like? What could you like hyper be hypercritical about? Not hypercritical, but like what like was like, ah oh, man, that's like stupid. I mean, certainly when when Rooster and Maverick get into that like spiral thing and they're saying oh, that cheesy shit. Yeah. It's so cheesy. With passes pass for both of us. You're like, yeah. oh my god, guys, come that on. That was like point break bullshit. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's a good reference, dude. There's some real cheesy shit in point break. Yeah. And I freaking love that movie. By the way, I I am I love talking <laughs> Maverick. I saw it. I'm not and I'm not kidding. I oh, saw I it seven it like times in the theaters. Yeah, I saw it seven times in theater when it came out. I saw it again when it was re-released in theaters this month. Um, and I've watched it once a week on my TV since it came out. I f- I like, I'm obsessed with it. I freaking love the movie. I like to watch. I went to the movies and watched it a couple times too because, and I bought it. And call me cliche and call me weird, but I felt like I was giving back. Not giving back. Uh, that's that's not what I wanted to say. I felt like my money, like one one hundredth of a cent, was going into David Ellison's Cap Two Thirty Two. <laughs> right i'm okay like, with that yeah i i'm more than okay i love that yeah like oh my god a pet some little like shard of a penny is going into an aerobatic plane because of this ticket purchase i feel so good about this <laughs> i'm trying to think of what else i had a problem with in that movie okay when when now the naval aviators can can correct me on this but I was air wing in the Navy. I wasn't a pilot. I was an F-18 Hornet mechanic. So I love the F-18 and I'm partial to the F-18, which is another reason why I love this movie so much. But when um, Iceman dies, Tom stamps his wings into the casket. That's like Navy SEAL shit. That's team shit. That Pilots don't do yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't get that if, either. I was going to like... I could be that. wrong, but I don't... I, I've been to... So I... We unfortunately had um, uh, two F-18s have a midair uh, when we were in the Persian Gulf. Uh, they went into a snowstorm and and uh, collided, Jeez. and both were killed. And that's the only experience I've I um, I was party or I was privy to in terms of like a pilot funeral. And I don't remember any of that. Um, so that was a little cheesy. Uh, I mean. There's a lot of like little stuff I can pick out. Like there's there's yeah, scenes but like, where it's a movie. But, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. It, and you know what? If you if you compare the first Top Gun to Top Gun Maverick, there is a level of like obviously there's fantastic action, right? I thought it was it's, better. Oh oh, Top Gun Maverick is first of all. It's I'm I'm not even being um I am not I'm not exaggerating when I say that Top Gun Maverick is probably one of the greatest movies from a filmmaking standpoint, from a cinematography standpoint, one of, if not the greatest movie ever made. And I will, I can absolutely yeah. back that up. I will stand by that to the end of time. Um, but you know, cheesy, a lot of cheesy lines, a lot of like kind of fake dialogue and made up stuff, you know, Top Gun, people don't realize that everybody goes through the Naval Fighter Weapons School. Like it, and it's not in San Diego. It hasn't been for years and it was never at Coronado. Um, it was in uh, Miramar. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I There's a lot of like little things I, I, I can pick apart in that movie, you know, but 
I fucking right. love that movie, dude. I love that That's movie. That's awesome. Good for you. I love it too, still. I want to hear. Uh, oh, give, give me the dirty. Give me the dirt. All right. What so don't you like? Think, about, and let's I can't think about this. Can I also say I can't believe it's taken us this long to talk about it. I don't think we've talked about it. Well, here's the problem. At least for me, as a pilot, whenever I'm in a room or like you know I have company over, or family's over, and like Top Gun's on, like you feel like you not that you have eyes on you, but like they make it all like. It's like you don't want to watch it because you don't want to get the questions. Like you can't watch an aviation movie in front of non-aviators, right? Don't you feel judged? Yes. Right? Isn't it? It's just annoying. Um, it's hard because they're like, oh, because they like think you're like subtle breaking, and it's like, no, it's just fucking on the TV, and I like the movie. You oh, yeah. you like it because you want to be, you want to be like that, you want to break. Like, no, dude. Can I be um, even cheesier? Yeah. When I'm in the back of an airliner in uniform, I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you can you imagine what kind of a douchebag people think I am? Oh my god, hundred percent. They're like, look at this, look at this asshole. He's in his typical airline pilot. Typical yeah, pilot. typical pilot. We get it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about that so many times. I tell you what, I did that once with um, the movie um, <laughs> with Flight with Denzel Washington. Yeah, I was in uniform. And I'm watching the the plane crash scene and I'm like uh, in an aisle seat and I'm like, this is probably weird, right? Like I'm in uniform watching a drawn out plane crash scene in an airplane around passengers that are probably like, uh, what the hell is this guy doing? So judged. I feel so yeah. judged. Yeah. And I can't enjoy it. I have to watch like Maverick in, in or Top Gun Maverick in movie theaters is fine because it's like dark. Nobody really knows you. You're only there with like people. And it's so loud. With. They're, so they're not asking you questions. But goddamn, like when you're in like your den watching it on your like 12 inch screen and everybody's like looking for your reaction. You always like, is that real? Can I, I don't know. I don't have a fucking F-18. I, I don't, I fly a single engine airplane. I, fly a jet. <laughs> I don't know if this is possible. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know. Anyway. So yeah. So that's funny you mentioned that because I wanted to talk about that. Cool. Um, but yeah, so like the movie opens up, right? And he's in like the desert. He's obviously part of Skunk Works and like this like elite team, right? And you know, he gets in the hangar and he's like, and the guy Hondo, uh, the black dude is like, oh, we're gonna, you know, the the what the drone guy or the what's what's his nickname? The drone ranger. The drone ranger wants to get rid of the program, blah blah blah. This and that, and he raised the stakes to like, you know, Mavericks. The Jets got to go Mach ten, right? Yeah. So they're like, they want Mach ten. We'll give them Mach ten, and like everything's going great. Like I'm pumped at this point. And up until a week ago, or maybe a while ago, you know, I was thinking like, so he gets in the airplane. He goes like, and they're playing that music that's like gives you the chill. It makes you want to cry and rejoice at the same time. Like it's such a good like build up song, you know, background. Oh, oh right? yeah. I almost want to put that on a playlist before I go fly. You know, Dude, it's so good. Scramjet. Um, <laughs> so good. So <laughs> douchey. So anyway, so like he's like getting set Mach seven. They're building it up. He's like Mach eight. Right? Was it Mach ten? Was the number? Mach ten. Okay. So yeah. So he gets to like. So he had to. All he had to do was get the Mach ten, and the program is saved. Like there's like there's ten people in that front office. There's probably like ten to twenty mechanics. There's all the engineers for this. There's probably like. A, at least, I mean, I'm not in, I'm not military. Like, there's got to be a hundred people attached to this, to this, you know, this 
project, like this, this in this movie, like this, t- this hypothetical team, right? Would you yeah. say? Oh yeah. So all, all that Maverick's got to do is like go to top to to Mach ten. It keeps the program alive. Everybody's got their job, right? Yeah. Stay with their family. But this douchebag is like, you know what? Fuck y'all. I'm gonna keep going because all I care about is myself and whatever happens if the jet doesn't make it then fine like but you guys will have to fucking figure out and he does and he fucking crashes the jet the program is gone because fucking hondo must have got his ass framed out the black dude because he's working like carrier operations at the end of the movie like probably they were probably like fuck you man like you're gonna go work the deck you know this guy had a dream job that like skunk works you know sitting in a front office with all the other like you know top-notch guys you know and maverick just fucked it all up it's how he rolls, right. man. It's how he rolls. Right, but like, isn't he a douche? Is he not a douchebag in that moment? Oh yeah, complete douche. Yeah, like I agree. just like, and everybody must have been like, "Can you?" I wish they would have done like a real, like maybe like an not an outtake, but like you know, like those funnier die things that they do where they make up, they like shoot a scene that like would never happen, and like it'd be like the back off and be like, "Fucking." I hope he doesn't come back from that crash. I hope, and obviously, like Maverick lives, and they're like, "Motherfucker, of course he's going to survive." I hope. Get- <laughs> oh, of course he's going to go to Top Gun and get. And like, here we are, we're freaking washing toilets at this point. Hondo's on a freaking like outboard engine boat going to like a carrier in the middle of nowhere. You know, freaking like all because Maverick was like, "Oh, let's see a little bit more I can get." Like, you're going Mach ten. Don't be a douche. You know what? <laughs> if he if he if he didn't do that, there wouldn't be a movie. Well, you're right. <laughs> I know. No, every you know, there's certain there's certain. Did you like, think about that until now? No, I so I, I I did, and I'll tell you why. There's there's like I mean this happens with a lot of movies where like like I've been watching the original Top Gun literally since it came out. Like as a kid, I've been watching that movie. There's a part of me every single time that I watch the original Top Gun. Where I'm like, maybe Goose won't die this time. Maybe this time will be different. And every time I watch Top Gun Maverick, I'm like, you know what? Maybe he'll just stop at 10. Like I'm he's so, supposed to. I'm so morbid. So after I realized that Tom, that Tom, that Maverick's an, an asshole, I watched it again. And I'm like, maybe he'll die this time in the jet for being a <laughs> douchebag. <laughs> Complete I mean, of, well, only <laughs> Only Maverick could survive a Mach 10 bailout, you know? Yeah, fucking asshole. <laughs> you know, it'd be funny too is that like because most a lot of pilots are assholes like us. Yeah, but like you have, you instruct a lot. It'd be really funny if you didn't like somebody and if like you just imagine like you were doing this like this is a perfect segue into uh the uh three hundred L checkout that you you're doing. Like imagine if you didn't like the backseater or the guy you're tra- you're checking out and you just referenced everything against Top Gun Maverick. Like, oh man, he took that turn like the F-18 in Top Gun Maverick. Or we're like, guys like guys like Lynn. <laughs> you were like, oh, it's just like Carrie, call the ball. Call the ball. The guy's like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> yep, turn and burn. Turn and burn. Oh man, you're really taking this thing to the danger zone, huh? <laughs> or the spiral. This reminds me of the spiral <laughs> part in Maverick. <laughs> Rooster, that'd be so funny. You should do that as a joke. Put a GoPro with audio, and just so you can. Then don't tell the guy. Be like, when you do to take off, be like, ah, oh, the GoPro's not working, even though the red light's flashing. So like, he won't think it's on. 
and then you can just record it and like give it flipping you off while you're talking because you're you know you're in the front <laughs> not looking up. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd that, that go? Would be super funny. Um, so it well, it's been it's going well so far. So this is it's an interesting um I love this and I I, I wanted to talk about this. Oh, it's it's an it's a really nice 300 L, super late model 300 L. Really nice, um, low low hours, less than two hundred hours on it. Minus the uh, can of tuna fish in the tail, but it looked nice. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was that was interesting, uh, to say the least. Um, yeah. So um, I get a call from a guy who says, "Hey, um, we kind of stood up a partnership and and all bought this three hundred L, and um, uh, this is interesting. Um, kind of tie into Top Gun Maverick is that um." Chuck Coleman did one of the guys checkouts for insurance. So he was checked out. Uh, he, he flew with Chuck in, in Chuck's 300 L Chuck did a lot of the training. Well, he did, he did all of the 300 L training. I think Wayne Hanley maybe did a little bit, but um, most of the 300 L training for all the, uh, all the actors in Top Gun Maverick. So they all flew like Cessna 172s or whatever. Then they went into the extra to do their start for the aerobatic training. And then they went into the L 39 uh, with the Patriots jet team and Cinejet. And then flew the F-18. Yeah. Um, so this guy uh, did his checkout with Chuck. Um, did a great job. Chuck did a great job. Uh, this guy, uh, that I, one of the guys I flew with is rock solid. The other three, um, two of them need 25-hour fly-off before they can be insured. And then the other guy just needs a checkout. Nice. And so, um, you know, and they're, they're all just super nice guys. So I flew with two of them. Um, the guy that was checked out flew up and just wanted to just kind of a confidence builder and, and to do some spins and, and some inverted stuff, just kind of make sure, um, you know, he, he was, he was not in over his head, uh, with the aerobatic maneuvers he wanted to do. So we did that and then, um, did basically one of the other owners first flight in the, in the backseat for him. Um, and then did some macro and he's, yeah. uh. He, yeah, they're both really nice guys. I've talked to all four of them on the phone. It's just a great, great group of guys. They're really passionate, um, really talented too. Um, I don't, I don't want to give away too. I just don't want to put them on blast or anything like that. But um, yeah, it's exciting. Uh, maybe, another aerobatic plane in the world. I mean, yeah, well, another no, more aerobatic pilots. Absolutely, and they're doing it right. You know, it's like I, I, I really do kind of believe this. Uh, if 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 you can afford to not have to take your parachute and helmet out of your extra, like that's awesome. Like do it. But I really truly believe unless you're somebody that, that is really using it as a tool, um, like, like, you know, advance and unlimited team where like you, you needed to depend on your airplane and you really can't be at the whim of somebody else. I think a partnership in an airplane, like an extra is 100%. such a fantastic way, way to go. I, I actually think I really argue that in most cases, people owning these airplanes, it's stupid. I outright like just a sole owner outright. I actually think yeah. it's kind of stupid. And I'll give you a perfect example is the previous owner of this airplane. Previous owner of this airplane bought it brand new, never flew it. The airplane, uh, the engine made oil, uh, made metal. I'm sitting. It got and and this airplane. Keep in mind, this airplane has let now has less than still less than 200 hours on it. It's a 2006. Wow. Um, it made metal at like 80 something hours. Okay, brand new um, overhaul. Okay. Guy goes to sell this airplane, and some some of you may remember this airplane. It was on the um, air, uh, the Exploder for an absolutely ridiculous sale price. Okay, do we remember uh, this? Okay, um, 
it didn't suffer that spoiler alert. Not, not anywhere close. But uh, uh, the pre-buy uh, gets done, and the engine is completely trashed. Why? Full of rust. The guy didn't fly it. And it sat, yeah. and, he, and he didn't hanger it. Which is not, it's like... Wait, what do you mean he didn't would, hanger it? It was outside. Shut was, the fuck up. He had like... like um, that is what nightmares are made from. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. This airplane was outside. It was outside. It was it was covered. So like it had um you know whatever the what is the covers uh, that we all have um uh, dude fucking Bob's covers or whatever. I'm but like floored. wing and tail were covered. Turtle deck was covered. Canopy was covered. But it was outside, tied down up outside, with you know basically the top with a cover. Oh my god, that's. I feel terrible. I like. I feel like I need to donate to like some baby in Africa right now. I know. Wow. I know. No, it's crazy. That poor thing. That poor thing. And so it never flew and it just sat <laughs> and collected rust. And it's like, okay, I, I, I understand having your own. You imagine a bird's nest and bug nest and all the other bullshit in that airplane. No. And, and like these are, I've seen, I've seen pictures. Uh, Bruce's covers. I said, Bob's covers. I was thinking Bruce's, <laughs> but I had Bruce's covers all over it. But, uh, yeah, like you know, you get the hornet's nest, you get the shit in the pitot tube. Um, these airplanes are notorious for getting nests in so the back that of the cowl. airplane was sitting outside its whole life, just like being a freaking birdhouse and squirrel nest. And this guy wanted like four hundred grand for it or something like that. It was less than four hundred grand, but it wasn't much less than four hundred grand. But yes, that's hysterical. Yeah, yeah, and the engine was so bad, um, it couldn't even have been. Uh, they couldn't even do an IRAN on it. Had to do a whole, a whole overhaul again, and that engine had less than a hundred hours on it. Oh my god! So that that this airplane's had two complete overhauls. Is this the one that Jorge was like getting loud yes. about? Yeah, freaking Jorge! Because this is the one where I was like, "Dude, you need to check the market. Either you don't, either your wife is making you sell this and you're pricing it so it doesn't sell, or you have no idea what the the market is bearing." Yeah. And um, I had another buddy who was interested in the airplane. Actually, I had a couple people interested in the airplane because I mean, hey, h- how often do extras come on the market, right? You know, um, it's, it's such don't. a specialized market, and they don't. Yeah, these late models, you know, and this is, it's a nice airplane. It, it was it, mostly well taken care of. I would say that the, the airplane is really, it's really true. I mean, it flies beautifully. It's a really straight and true airplane. Really good condition inside and out. Um, but you know, the things that need to run in order to prevent corrosion weren't, and thus corrosion happened but um this guy this guy was telling people that the shop that did the overhaul okay the shop that did the overhaul said that because of who they are you can charge 20 to 30% more or or I'm sorry demand 30 20 to 30% more resale value out of your airplane because this shop overhauled the engine oh really Is that and it's it not lycon and it's not um barrett penyon it's not penyon yeah yeah Tolstoy. i'll just i'll just let that sit with everybody um so this guy was literally telling people that like i can charge what i no 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 i i see what the market's doing um but this engine was overhauled by xyz and i can charge this Unless you're giving a warranty with that shit, then you can't. Absolutely. Oh my god, can you imagine if uh if that engine came with a like a 5 or a 250 or 300 hour warranty? God. Bumper to bumper? I mean, I mean, that probably would have fetched that, honestly, but like anyway, um 
Yeah, so they had to get the engine overhauled and 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 a few few little things, but man, it's just a it's a beautiful 300L. Um I texted the our group and I even said I even told Luke. I was like, you know, it it's, it had been it had been a, a year maybe or more since I'd flown a 300L and I just forgot how much I hate the feel of a 300L. Yeah. Until you it, like like an unmodified 300L, especially the front seat. Oh, it's terrible. It's so the front seat is so terrible. It's so terrible. And I don't like the stick feel at all. Um, and they didn't either. They were like, Why, where's the centering? And I was like, we're welcome to owning a 300 L. Yeah. You got, so they're going to, they're going to mess with it. But, um, you know, a couple things, but yeah. Other, it's you nice. know, but it's a great flying airplane. You know, the overhaul was, you know, done, done well. It's got some, it's got 10 or 12 hours on it now and flew great. It's just really fun. It's really fun to talk to energetic people. It got me really juiced, to be honest with you, because it's just it's really nice to talk to people that are excited about what they're doing and not to be cheesy or cliche. But like it is fun to kind of think of yourself as like you're you're the caretaker, like you get this this machine. And, you know, it's kind of like cars, right? People either buy a car and it, and it's strictly utility. You don't think about anything else other than the fact that this thing is is to get you from point A to point B without you getting rained on. And it's to protect you in an accident, right? It's just this like this thing. Whereas people, other people like they get it detailed every other week or once a week or once a month. They do all the maintenance. They do preventive maintenance. They do all kinds of stuff. They go the extra mile. They really take it and they upkeep it. And then, you know, you kind of look at it down the road and it's like, wow, you really took good care of this car. People either run their cars into the ground or they take really good care of them. And I think airplanes are similar, right? You see people that that push off stuff in the hundred hour, push off stuff in the annual, and like, oh, next time, oh, does it have to be done now? Nah, let's let's push it off. And they do the bare minimum, and maybe they have a buddy that that get is a little uh, allows them to be a little lax on the annuals. And then all of a sudden, you have this airplane 10, 15, 20 years later, and it's like, God, this thing's been kind of beat. And we've we've seen you and I with our own eyes together have seen some real disasters that are that are i'm using air quotes here airworthy that fly in contests um and it's a little shocking and to talk to these 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 uh, partners they were really excited about being a caretaker to this airplane to like really like take care of it like fly it and have fun yeah. and own it and but like take care of it like they want to see it be a you know, or they want to keep it as a pristine extra. And it, man, it was like, it was kind of a, it was an invigorating in a way, you know, it's like, it's nice to talk to people like that. You know, so often oh, we talk cool. about, it's like, oh, how much is your annual cost? And, you know, granted extras, our extra has been pretty good to us. Um, we have not had knock on wood. Hopefully this next one coming up is not expensive. Now <laughs> I said this, but you know, it's been pretty good to us. And I, I, I like to think for a 97, we have a pretty decent looking airplane and and a and a, and a good condition airplane. It's certainly safe and and legal, obviously. Uh, yeah. But it, you know, it's a pretty. We try to keep it nice. And if if there's something that's coming up that's like a potential problem, well, let's let's nip it in the bud before it becomes a real problem. And oh, we try 100%. to do that. Um, and it's it's nice to see that that people want to do that. You know, I, I think I, because I've like ferried airplanes for a lot of like flight schools or people that are either selling their airplane to a flight school 
or somebody's buying the airplane to do something with it. It's a tool, right? And so you don't right. hear those kinds of that that thought of like, man, I just I can't. This has been my dream since I can't believe I own the, a part of this airplane. I can't believe I get to call myself an extra owner, and I can't believe that I get to take care of this thing. It's such a refreshing take on aircraft ownership. You know, yeah, it was fun. Uh, it's a great group, and um, they're based in Southern California. I'm going to fly down there the beginning of the year, the first week of the year, and do some more training and. Yeah, it's good. I, I love getting calls like that. I love doing stuff like that. Dude, it's so much fun. It's fun to fly different airplanes. So much fun. And it is it is really amazing. I'm so muscle memory. Like for a while, I was flying a bunch of different aerobatic GA airplanes, you know, flying from, you know, going from the Super D to a Pitts to a uh, Midwing to an L to this to that. And I've only really been flying my L. I'm sorry, my L, my Midwing. Oh, God. Uh, I know. Uh, it's gross. I almost threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> um, I've only been flying the midwing really, um, as, as a GA airplane, um, for the last several months, almost a year, um, exclusively. So I'm, I, my muscle memory is very much tied to that airplane. And so it's weird. It's definitely weird flying something else. And the L is just, you know, if you, you can't really hop from one to the other and, and be clean that the right. L is a harder airplane to fly. I'll fully admit it. Uh, anybody that flies an L that. You know, it's like, Mark, all you do is talk shit about L's. It's a harder airplane to fly. And and for people that can fly it well, my hats are off to you. Because I think the midwing is an easier airplane to fly. I, and I think, I think so it, I think in every facet, I think it does things easier. I think it does most things easier. And I think it's easier to look better in yeah. um, than, than an L. So, well, that's yeah, I had to like give, I had when to people give like props. shit talk, shit talk the pits. And like, before I flew to uh, the pits and everything, it, like, I thought I was nervous, but like, you hear so much bullshit. Well, I didn't know it was bullshit at the time. And, you know, like, and then you fly and you're like, this really isn't a big deal. And it's like, everybody like likes to like talk about like, oh, the midwing is tough to lay because the wing. And I, I remember flying the midwing for the first time being like, I like this better. Like, I, I, I like the way you sit in it. I like the stick, you know, the different, you know, that bigger stick with the cantilever on it. Yeah. Um, and I, I just liked it better. I thought it was much more balanced. And I thought, you know, amongst other things, I just thought it was a better airplane. Yeah, and I I think um, I'll, I'll say and my my hats off to to people that also that can fly from the front seat well. I don't think I mean I can you know I can give a checkout from the front seat. I can I can give recreational aerobatic instruction uh, from the front seat. The maneuvers and the inputs don't necessarily change, but the sight picture is so drastically different, and then the your seat position feel is so drastically different from the front to the back that. Um, when I hop from the from the back of a 300L to the front, it's it might as well be a completely different airplane. It's so okay. different. It's so different. But um, yeah, it, it's it, it's it's interesting. It's well, interesting. That's awesome, though. So it's a squared away airplane. Did it have any like just um, normal panel, normal avionics? But yeah, you know what? This was um, bare bones stock nice you know it was ordered literally it's it's a 2006 if i remember correctly um maybe it's a three 2003 but it's it's as bare bones as you can order a 300l from the factory so no gps uh just one becker com becker transponder and 
gosh, that's pretty much it. They stuck a 490, whatever. What are those Garmin's like the Anna 495s or whatever? 496. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a 496 in there. Uh, but it's clean. It's it's a really clean inside, uh, inside and out airplane. Really, really clean. That's awesome. Pretty man. airplane. Yeah, pretty airplane. I'm sure they were super happy to help you out. I mean, for you to help them out. Yeah, it, they were they were very excited that schedules were able to align. It's been a, it's been a little difficult because this is a Christmas break, and then we had some weather. I was going to go down there for like four days, and then weather down there sucked, and then weather started to suck up here, and the weather down there was beautiful, but I couldn't get down there. And I was like, if you guys can get up here, I can probably fly these days. And and so two of them flew up, and basically we did we you know hung out from ten to three o'clock, you know, and did a few sorties and uh, did some ground and. Hopefully it was helpful, but they, they had a really good base. You know, it's, it's, here's another thing that's really interesting. And I got to give a shout out to Chuck Coleman and I got to give a shout out to Wayne Hanley. Uh, Obviously everybody knows I love Wayne and um, I actually didn't know how much Wayne's flying style was similar to my flying style because we hadn't flown enough for me to like, or I hadn't seen him fly the extra enough. Like when we flew, he would like, I mean, I was in the back seat. He was in the front seat. I do the takeoffs and landings. I never watched him do a takeoff and landing. Um, it was just like, hey, what maneuvers do you want to learn or demo or, or me demonstrate or what new maneuvers do you want me to watch and I can I can I can fix right. Yeah. Um, but flying with people that have flown with Chuck that have then flown with either with Wayne or have been or have talked to Wayne or realized that there's a link between Chuck and Wayne in terms of flying styles correlate this and you know as we're going through things just little little tidbits of like how to fly an extra you know uh things uh-huh. that might make make your life easier in an extra and it's like oh yeah chuck chuck was adamant about doing this and 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 yeah that's a wayne hanley thing and it's like shit man i've been i've been teaching it like this not knowing which is great and, and i'm not i'm not saying that i'm some prodigy or anything it's just like it's not it's it's nice to sometimes you you live in a vacuum right you know and you yeah. just don't realize how other people kind of teach these yeah, things. Yeah, it's almost like that, like, like, okay, I thought I was trying my hardest and I think I'm doing the right thing. And it's nice to be like um not told, but like uh reaffirmed that you're teaching the right style. Yeah, like that you're that that it is a good, a good technique. Cause I've always been I'm big on like if somebody comes to me and they already have an extra checkout, or or maybe they have they don't have an extra checkout, but they're flying an extra and they were insured and whatever, whatever the case may be. Um and if they do something different, I might I might offer a technique, but I don't I don't try to change anybody's unless it's unsafe. I don't try to change anybody's flying style, and yeah. that's regardless of the airplane. Like, hey, you know, you're coming in maybe a little shallow, carrying a little bit of power. Why don't you try steepening the approach, carrying a little less or dragging a little less power in? You might find that the sight picture is a little bit better, set you up a little bit better. Try this. Hey, if you don't like it, dude, drag it in. I don't care. You know, um, yeah. go for it. Um, there's little things like that, but that, that was kind of fun. Um, fuel management. It was, it was, that's a, my, my favorite discussion on a 300 L w- with a new, a new checkout is fuel management. Not and totally. it, it, it's a huge discussion that honestly, you could probably talk about fuel management in that airplane and, and the why, and then a lot of backstories as to how, how we've derived or how the community has, has come to how they operate that airplane you know that that takes an hour yeah in my opinion i think it's it, but it's a constant conversation like even in flight 
Absolutely. It absolutely. hundred percent is it's, I, I tell everybody it's a living, breathing entity is, is that fuel. And, and, you know, I, maybe this is bad, uh, poor, uh, technique to teach, but, um, especially in the dual environment, you know, it is kind of a good thing to find out because different extras behave differently. Um, but to kind of find out with fuel in the wings, how it unports and what, where it unports. Right. And does it come back? And, and what, what is your, your fuel level in the wings and, and kind of having an understanding for that. Cause it's, it's worth noting, you know, it's worth, it's, and this is a whole, this is a whole other um, topic to get into uh, yeah. that we won't get into. We've, I think we've talked about it before, but um, you know, so we, we did a little bit of that and it's, that's always good to experiment and, and kind of know what the airplane can handle and what it can't. Cause I'll tell you what, di- this is something different flop tubes, you know, and this might be, it might've been a, a stiffer flop tube and, or not, um, or had a different bat, not flop yeah, tube, for just but, um, sitting. Yeah. You know, just things behave differently, you know? Yeah. You yeah, just never know. Things like that are like, it's so simple to, to, so simple to, to just note and, and be careful about. And it, it's just something like that can, can certainly turn a good day into a bad day really quick. And it's always yeah. going to happen at the wrong time. Like anytime you're running the, the wings dry, it always happens when you don't want it to happen. Like yep. you have to switch. And it's just like, it's just unbelievable how that works out. No, but like so even true. like, even like when I'm flying cross country and like, I don't fly <clears throat> point A to point B without having like, um, without having a reserve. I just think it's stupid to, 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 to plan your trips in a single engine airplane, especially like an aerobatic one. Where you're landing with like two gallons in the header. It's, to no, I agree. No, it's, even, it's silly. Yeah. So like, you know, when I'm on a cross country, like, um, I won't switch tanks. I'm just freaking like such a nervous Nelly. And I bet you a lot of people out there are like eye rolling, but like, I like, I really like to just switch tanks anytime I'm over an airport and it's like about that time to switch. And I'll just, yeah. cause like, you never know, man. Like, and like, why not, why, why not try to limit your risk as much as possible in, in, in an airplane? So like, instead of like running the airplane an extra two gallons, like, you know, I'd rather spend the 10 minutes or 15 minutes on the ground draining fuel out of my wings than fucking walking out of a forest. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I'll tell you, um, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, if I have, it's been a long time, but I was faring a 300 L, uh, um, from maybe it was from Texas to the West coast. And I was going south because it was winter time and 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 the north was terrible, kind of like it is now. <laughs> uh, yeah. In fact, I, in fact, it was January, February when I did it, and I was going through Arizona. I'm trying to think of the airport. I'm gonna have to look up on a sectional right now while I'm talking. But um, this airplane had um, 20 gallon tanks, so it had the extended tanks, and you know, pl- I, I had already done a few stops, and. I'm flying. I, I'm. I have my next stop planned, right? So I'm. I'm looking at. You know. I, I have no problem with with my next stop, right? Everything looks gotcha. good. No, no issues fuel wise. No issues, range wise. I get over the field. I'm gonna look. I gotta look up what field it was here. Um. And I go to get the AWOS. Field's closed. Hmm. Okay. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Um, I want to, I don't think it was Havasu. Gosh, I'm trying to think of, uh, oh yes. I was going to, 
let's see here. Here we go. I was going to go to maybe was it King? Was I going to Kingman and I had to go to Bullhead City? Or no, maybe I was going to I went to Bullhead City. I was gonna go to Bullhead City. The entire airport was closed. I had to go back to Kingman. So I had to backtrack and I had planned. Like, I, I think I was eight tenths into the acro tank, you know? And so by the time I turn around and and I'm heading back and I, I'm starting to land, I'm like maybe six tenths or five tenths. But I was like, you know, all it would take is a blown tire on a runway and I'm fucked. I'm bailing. I'm bailing out or I'm, I'm laying. I'm off field. Yeah. You know, I don't have that much time left. I mean, five tenths in the acro tank trying to get somewhere if you gosh i mean if you really like pulled it back and econed it i mean i don't even know what that, how many like would that give you like not so if you're doing 16 an hour uh so that's three gallons every three minutes no gosh i can't do math right now i'm drunk um so that'd be like eight, eight gallons every half hour if you're doing so 60 divided 60 divided by 16 so that's um uh one gallon every 3.75 minutes then divide by two because you got half a tank so you would have 1.8 minutes so roughly like 100 seconds so like one minute 40 seconds per gallon uh for a half gallon for per half gallon yeah five tenths. okay so you had a minute of fuel pretty much no 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 not five tenths of a gallon five tenths Oh, on the acro tank. So, so yeah, so half oh, basically so half six. Full. So times yeah. two times six. So you so had was, like twenty was, minutes. It was probably twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you weren't not, you weren't there yet. No, I had to double back. So you factor. I'm probably landing with with maybe twelve minutes of gas. But and that's hey, you know what? I planned. I planned legally. I ate maybe more than I thought I was going to plan. I get to the airport of, of intended landing with about 20. And then I got to double back. You yeah. know, so like, but it's so also fuel... like unfamiliar. Like there's people out there. Like I did it too. Like when I had the 200, like I'd land with, you know, you, cause you only take off with like the, the acro thing. Yep. So like, I get it, but you're in a familiar territory, but you, in this case, you're not, which makes it like really fucking unnerving. Oh, dude, I, like if, I'm saying, it's gonna be, it would be different if you knew the area and you had that much fuel. You'd be like, that's ah, no big deal. Yeah, yeah, and and I I can tell you guys. I mean, this is this is just about any airplane, but I can tell you, there's no, there's there's few worse feelings seeing the wing gauge at zero and and knowing that you probably if if the acro tank sputtered, you could probably switch to it, but you have no idea what's in there, right? You have no idea really in the wing tank. You know, you don't know if there's a thimble or if there's a quarter gallon um, and and knowing where to go, especially depending on on where you're at. You know, yeah. God, I mean, dude, if you're in the northeast, oh, my God, and you're running low on fuel yeah. and air- airports are socking in that you're you're helpless. You're absolutely helpless. Luckily here, I could have you know, I could have like climbed up and like I could have jumped or like there's so many places uh, flat spots to land and it ended up not being an issue at all especially like you know you start looking at the gauge um but then you realize like okay in the descent i'm pulling the manifold pressure way back and i can i can zip this thing up to 200 knots 
Yeah. And, and do like 12 inches. I'm not burning anything. So you really, you know, that, that extends the range a little bit too, but still, when you start seeing five tenths, you know, you see your, your wing tank is empty and half on the acro tank. You're, you're starting to feel that vulnerability of like, okay, I'm not, it's not an emergency, but if something goes wrong, if one thing goes wrong, it is an emergency. If somebody blows a tire and they can't get off that, if the one runway is blocked, I'm screwed. And I'm, yeah. I'm like on fumes going to, I think my plan was like, shit, I, I'll, I'll try to make it as far as I can. I think I was going to try to go to Vegas, like Henderson or something, like just go straight up. Let me see. Yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think I was going to go, or maybe I was going to go down to needles or something like, but I was like, okay, like if, if this goes Rare. wrong. Yeah. But anyway. No, it sucks. So, I love the people too, that are like, oh, you're such a pussy. Like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like, all right. Maybe for you, macho man, but like, yeah. <laughs> no, it sucks. Cause like, you know what it is? Like when you try to be safe your whole life, not, not saying anybody's unsafe, but like when you try to do the right thing and try to not take risk and you, and you find yourself in that, it's more like, like a disappointment in yourself almost. And you're like, fuck, like, this is not like what I, it just sucks. You know? Totally. Well, cause you can plan yourself into oblivion. Right. And I've, I've tried that. I used to do that as a, as a new GA pilot, even flying like 172 is it's like, what is your, you know, the, the whole thing of personal minimums. And um, I'm not, to, this is not to say that personal minimums are bad, but a lot of people do it in the IFR world, right? When you get your instrument ticket, it's like, are you going to yeah. take it an ILS down the minimums? You know, that's, that's totally up to the person. You get your personal minimums. Obviously in the professional world, you just you, you ne- nobody has per, like personal minimums in the professional world. It's, that, that doesn't exist. It's professional world, different world. Um, but it's like, okay, you know, if I'm going to go somewhere, Maybe I want an hour's worth of fuel extra in a 172. Oh, but what about this? Okay, well, maybe I'll plan, you know, the, and you can you can kind of back yourself up to where, like, I can't even take this in much gas or I have to, like, get rid of a passenger because I've buffered myself so much. You just simply can't do that in an aerobatic airplane. There's no buffer. I mean, your fuel critical in a 300, any low wing extra, well, I'll back that up. The 330 LX, I think. But the 300L and, and the LT and the LCs, you know, you're really fuel critical all the time in that yeah. airplane. If you fly it by the book, you're fuel critical all the time uh, in the acro configuration. I mean, like when you're going to go fly acro, there's no but you can't buffer. You can't plan any contingency other than cut the time out that you're going to fly. Yeah. And it, it doesn't it just doesn't take that long. Like you can't you can say like, OK, well, I, I'm going to plan to land. You know, 20 gallon wing tanks, that's 40 gallons plus a 12 gallon um, acro tank. I'm I'm going to plan to fly, you know, I'll eat the wings. And as soon as the wings are empty, I'm landing. And knowing that that's, you know, probably you could probably eke out an hour before the acro tank quit if you really pulled it back. I mean, I'm talking, you know, to get to 12 gallons. And to get down to 12 gallons an hour, uh, you're really, that's, I don't know that that's 20 inches, probably 2200 RPM. I don't know, but it, that's way that's, I don't even know if that's maybe get 50 minutes out of that 45 minutes. At, yeah. You know. I don't know how much you're really getting out of that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, okay, 45 minutes all of a sudden becomes 30. And then that, when you start ticking down 30, you, that's just not a lot of time. No. No, it's not. It's and you're right. You start feeling that like that feeling. You're like, you know what? 
I planned better than this. Yeah, or it's I like should disappointment. Have, yeah, I shouldn't have planned to. I shouldn't have planned myself to land with thirty minutes of gas. I should have planned forty-five. Or hell, you know, it's like maybe an hour. Maybe maybe I want quarter in the wings, or you know, I don't know. But again, you can back yourself all the way up to where then all of a sudden you're stopping every hour, and it's like, well, why do I even have this gas? But this is that that conundrum that you that everybody goes through. It's like, okay, oh, dude, I agree. It's just like. And I love the that's the only cliche sayings I love are like most of the aviation ones, where like some of like the uh, the dad jokes where it's like that people say in real life are just stupid. But like one of my favorite ones is like I knew as a kid was oh, it's better to be wishing you were up there than being up there and wishing you were down here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so true. You it know, is true. It is true. that. And then my dad told me when I was a kid, like the three useless things to, an, to a pilot, it was like air above the air above the fuel tanks, the runway behind you and the sky above you. Yep. And I was, and like, you know, to me, like, I don't know. Is it, it's, I don't want to say it's so fucking stupid. It sounds so stupid, but it's say, I think it saves people's lives. Like just having those statements stick with people. Well, and it's been and- many a time where like, it was borderline where like, oh, I can just punch through there and, and I'll be good. It's clear here. And it's like, no, like, just don't, don't do that. Yeah. You know, and if you don't have good uh, mentors and, you know, that's another thing, like we should have a whole podcast on is like, you know, new pilots out there is like find somebody or talk to somebody that online who maybe is not near you. Actually, these days, you don't even need to live by anybody with the internet. Like just find a mentor and like, yeah somebody who you see is, you know, got their head on straight and, and, you know, professional and, and just talk to them and try to mimic them and ask them for advice. Like, and if they don't give it to you, they're a dick. So move on to the next, but like, you always need a mentor. I, I yeah. really believe the people you hang out with are the people you are. It's the same thing with like, you see this, all all you dads out there and moms out there, like your kids are a direct reflection of you because they're yeah. around you the most. Like, and you see it when you go to school, these asshole kids, like the parents are, usually assholes you know or just don't parent so like you know the mentor thing is so important it really is especially in this game no it's it's it is and we we have fun like especially aerobatic pilots and like ga experimental guys like we have a lot of fun and and there's some some idiots out there but like you know um as long as you just don't go above your limits it's a very safe hobby. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I love is like when you, especially with aviation, because like when shit goes wrong in the air, um, you, you can pull over. Um, so like I've always done the thing where it's like, if you think you need to fix it, this, you have to fix it. You Otherwise fix it. the airplane, you can't not fly this airplane. You got to wait and save up money and fix it. Yeah. Like you, you can't roll the dice like that. And you know what? Like maybe 99 times out or whatever, 999 out of whatever billion, You'll be fine. But like, if you have a great life and a great family, like why risk that and, and want, and maybe hurt yourself. It's just not, to me, it's not worth it. It's a simple it's not worth decision. It. You know, not worth it. You know what the no, other we, thing we always push ourselves with? too. Huh? That works really well. I said this to somebody, I won't mention her name, but they were, they were going to fly this airplane. It was a fucking hunk of shit. And, um, and I was getting mad. Cause like, they're really, um, I'm really close to them. And it was like a total ego trip kind of thing. And like macho this and that. And I said to the person, I go, let me ask you a question. Like, you know, my son, my, my kids, you know, Mace is, uh, uh, seven years old. 
Yeah. Um, well, he's going to be seven. Um, so um, I'm like, let me ask you a question. Would you feel comfortable? Like if my son was here, would you let him sit in the front seat and you go fly this airplane? Would you feel totally confident? And he looked, he's like, no. I said, so why would you get in the airplane? Like, why does there have to be a seven-year-old in the airplane for you to be safe? Like, you should be safe all the time. It shouldn't matter. It's a good point. That's a great point. No, we always say that. And the airline world's big with that. It's like, would I trust you with my family in the back? And it's like, well, if I if if the answer is no to that, why do I have to be up front? Or why do I have to be with you? Or why do you get to assume the risk? Yeah. Like, call it. If If you don't want if you don't feel like it's safe then what what you know what does our family being in the back have to do anything call it let's put a stop to it yeah exactly and and half the time it's ignorance and half the time it's ego um which to me it's just you can't it doesn't there's no room for it yeah um but like you know to me sometimes it really pays to just be you know analyze the situation super super simple you know just it's if you have to try to convince yourself and make an excuse, um, I think you're headed down a, um, a more riskier path. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, uh, we got serious in this spot. We went from freaking talking about wedge salad guys to like saving the Mason and my sons. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. No, it's so, important. In other news, we should go into another freaking topic. Um, I'm getting a new car. In fact, I let's put talk a deposit, about it. Because you've a had a journey. I've had a journey. I've been in a rental car for four for four weeks, and it's been nice because I got a rental Tesla. Do we have time to talk about this? You want to? What do you want to quit at like ten thirty? Yeah, yeah. What's right, that? It's cool. another twelve minutes. Let's do it. Yeah. So I've been in a rental car. I uh, long story short, I love the Tesla. Um, you got to drive it like a golf cart. It's really that simple. Um, if you don't tell people that, then they it's very torquey. So like. You'll go like back and forth like a porn star if you don't work the, uh, <laughs> the throttle like a golf court. Um, it's great, super smooth, super quiet. I love the car um, and I'm going to get one. So um, I wanted to get a Model S and I wanted to get one that was, uh, you, they totaled my car. I got into an accident and they ended up totaling it out. And it was funny. So I get into this accident and I must have, it was my fault. And I have no problem admitting that, although like it kills me to say it because I hate fucking up. And um, I just, I'll, I'll tell you the whole thing on another podcast. Hey, story, shit happens, it was, dude. Yeah, it's my fault. But I was, nobody was hurt and it really wasn't that that big of a deal. So like I, um, I, I hit somebody in their front left and my front right got hit. But where it wasn't a bad hit, like you saw my the picture of the car, right? Yeah. So for some reason, like I got, I was at a stop with that exact car um, two or three years ago on on a parkway because uh, a school bus was there or something that letting kids out and some girl um, on a cell phone creamy doing like 40 and no airbags went off. This, I like barely thought, I, I, it was a hit, but it wasn't a hit, maybe like 10 miles an hour or something like that, 15. Yeah. Um, but every fucking airbag went off in my car. And it's fucking loud as shit. It sucks. Oh, you know? yeah. So I'm it's like, traumatic, Fuck. dude. And dude, like it happened like four weeks ago. I was just towards the end of settling down. I had some shit going on at work. Not bad shit. Just like busy stuff. And it was one of those days where like I had a million things to do. So obviously like there's complacency, right? Um, but like, 
it was just I it was like the le- you know it was the last thing I needed. Anyway, so I get into an accident and it wasn't that bad. So I get out of the car and already I'm like, all right, like gotta do X, Y, and Z at this point. I gotta call the cops. So I called up, you know, Nick some and um because the my front right tire bent out a little bit. So I'm like, I can't drive this fucking thing now. Um so I called up Nikki and I'm like, hey, I'm fine. Uh, but I got into a fender bender. Can you come to here and pick me up? But I'm okay. But don't tell anybody because I don't want to get a million phone calls. Because like my families, they just make the they make a fucking mountain out of a molehill, and they're like, "Are you okay?" Like, "Oh my god!" And it's like I I don't need that. I still have like this happened at like 10 a.m. Like I still have to like go back to work and like I have a million things to do. Like the beauty yeah. of being a business a business owner, right? So like, <laughs> so she gets there, and like my wife's like, I love her to that, but she's you know she's a warrior. So I get there, and I didn't realize. So she's like, I see her walking up to me, um, because having that intersection, and she's like. All of a sudden, her like jaw starts to drop a little bit, and like not at the appropriate time, right? Or this is not the time I need her jaw to drop. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, and she's like, "Oh my god, are you?" Apparently, I had like all like airbag powder dust like all over me. I'm like, "What's the big deal?" I started like getting mad. <laughs> I'm like, "Would you stop making a big deal of this?" And like, she's like, "Are you okay?" Like, you know, because there was like cop cars there with the lights on. Like the woman didn't move her car for some reason out of the intersection. And there were some pieces of the car. And, and I'm like, I'm fine. Like, why are you making such a big deal at this? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and she's like, I'm sorry. Like, well, I'm like, oh, I'm an asshole. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. But yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so they told him my car. Um and it happened at a good time because I got great value value for it because the used car market is crazy. So I got good money for my Subi, and um, I'm looking for um, a Tesla right now. But I wanted to get a used one because the new car. Well, you can't buy a new one anyway because it's like a year wait, and like everybody's asking like stupid money over sticker right now because they know that you're you know if you if you want a new one like and you don't want to wait you don't have a choice. Yeah. So. I'm like, I'm buying used. And um, I tried Carvana because you used it. You had a good experience, but it just, I'm very picky. And like, I hate, like, if I'm going to spend that kind of money, like, I don't want to be rushed and I want to get what I want because it's a lot of money, you know, maybe it's not for decision. some people, but, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to me is, you know, a lot, it is a lot of money. money. And I don't want to just like, oh, I'll just get this. Like, no, like, if I can work my ass off for, for this money. Like, I want to get something that I want. Yeah. Um. So it was just like such a pain in the ass with the used car dealer. So like I knew in like my gut, like it's like Jeff, just go to like you have to go to a branded place. Like you know, even if it's not te- that's another story with Tesla. But like I'm like I got to go to like a real dealership. I can't go to. I try going to these like you know my cousin Vinny type dealers, and it was just like such like they'd ever. I was telling you like they advertise a price for like forty grand, and you'd be like, okay, cool, like that like fits in my budget, cool. And you'd be like, hey, man, like, send me, like, over to some of the paperwork. I want to go. I might need it for the bank for the financing. And they'd send me a thing, and it'd be, like, 46000 So I was like, hey, dude, like, what's this extra six grand? And he goes, oh, that's a dealer fees. I'm like, the fuck you need six grand for? Like, I've heard of, like, a 500 or a $1,200, like, dealer prep fee, which is bullshit to begin with because the car's already prepped. Like, and, like, they're like, oh, no, like, you know. I'm like, well, why wouldn't you just put that on your internet price? Like, you got to waste, like, a, so, like. This happened twice. And like, it was like, you know, they wouldn't tell you because I negotiated the price down from what they listed. And then they would just stack this on. Like, apparently it's a common occurrence. Yep. They, 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 get, their, they get their money back one way or another. 
Yeah. So I'm like, fuck you. Like I'd rather, you know, go buy a bicycle at this point. I'll fucking ride a tricycle. I don't give a shit. Um, so like, yeah, it's just been like search and search and search and being patient. And, um, turns out I was about to buy one, you know, I live in New York, so I was about to buy one in Jacksonville and it kind of checked up all the boxes and ready to pull the trigger. And then this one in Connecticut, like an hour away by drive, you know, from driving, um, hopped up on the market and was better and cheaper than the one in Jacksonville. So like, you know, I had to like, and it's so hard, dude, like you, I don't know how you did it with Carvana, but like there's, I, if I had a choice to like take my time and buy a car, I would go to the dealership in person because doing the shit over the phone and like waiting and then like trying to get a hold of the person. Cause I guess they're, you know, they're busy selling shit. It was so like, not stressful, but it was just so annoying. Cause I was telling Nikki, I'm like, or I was telling my dad, I'm like, I don't get it. Like I call these people up. I tell them like, you know, I'm interested in the car. I tell them, you know, it's an insurance loss. I I'm buying, like I am buying a new vehicle. Like I, and like, I'm interested in yours. And I wasn't being a dick. I, if the car was like, you know, whatever, 50, 50 grand or whatever, I wasn't like, I'll give you 40. You know, I'd be like, try to get like a grand off or whatever. And and it wasn't like, hey, uh, unless I can get it for 49, I'm walking. It was like, yeah, hey, yeah. man, like, can you help me out? Like, New York is like 9% sales tax on this. It would just, you know, you know, soften the blow a little bit on me. Like not, I wasn't being a dick. Yeah. So like. And these, and these people would like take like forever to get back to you. And it's just like, dude, like I have, I'm ready to go. Like I have, I write a fucking check. I don't care. Like I, I need a car, like get back. And like I'd email and like they would get back to you, but it was like, whatever, man. I'm like, I don't fucking get this. Like, I'll you tell you somebody coming up to you and be like, Hey man, I want to buy a quarter. I want to buy a share in your, your mid You'd be like, huh. all right. Like, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, sure. Uh, you know what? Can you give me a call in like an hour? Yeah. Oh, no, it'll be like, I'll give you a call in like an hour. And then they call like, and then don't six hours later. And you're like, yeah, like what's going on? i be like, Hey, I'll get back to you with that information next day. It's like, we can wrap this up on a 15 minute phone call. Not even yes. like this, a 10 minute phone dude, call. Dude, text me. Yeah. It's just like, it was mind boggling to me, but like yeah. very frustrating, but I ended up, you know, patience prevails. And I think that like, um, especially with like buying anything, especially airplanes, like just be patient and you'll get yeah. a good deal. You know, everybody's like, oh, Jeff, you got crazy deals on some of your past airplanes. I'm like, yeah, well, like, it wasn't like I woke up and was like, I want to pay whatever and maybe get lucky buying it. It was like, no, it was fucking six months of waiting or, or three months that like, it, just, just wait. Like you'll, yeah. you'll get what you want. It's like almost like buying a house. Like, I don't know if you bought, when you bought a house with your wife, but like my wife, when we were buying our first house, like we'd find one and she'd be like, this is the one I'm like, oh, okay, babe. And then like, we wouldn't get it because like, whether we couldn't afford it or somebody else bought it, whatever. And she'd be like, oh, I'm like, don't worry. Like there'll be another one. And she goes, no, 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 I really like that one. And then like, sure shit. Like two weeks later, she goes, oh no, this one's the one. This one's so much better. It's like, of course. Yeah. And I'm like, we're going to buy a house and there's going to be another one that comes in the market. That's probably better than the one we buy. Like just, <laughs> just relax. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, like, I actually had a, I, I did Carvana and I, I sent the car back. I had a terrible, exper- not terrible experience with Carvana, but it was not a good experience. I mean, oh, that's right. I forgot you sent it back. Yeah. So I, I ordered a Lexus and the, the description was like, you know, there was like a, um, there's a, a, a fine scratch on the trunk or there's a little bit of wear on the steering wheel. I was like, okay, you know, that's a used car cool but it sounds like a very clean and i want it i was like i want a very clean 
I want a clean, I want a good, nice car. I don't want a bunch of dents or anything. I, I wanted a nice car. Oh yeah. And it was like, this is primo. This is fantastic condition car. It showed up. One of the side skirts was broken. The wheels were all curbed. Are you um, serious? Th- there was a bunch of dents. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was so mad. I was like, this is the most ridiculous, um, misrepresented sale I've ever seen on a car. Like it was like, did they send me the right car? I literally was like, I don't know that this is the car that I bought. I'm like, no, it's definitely, here's the VIN. I was like, okay, like sending it back. And so literally called the next day. I was like, come get it. And I went to uh, a Lexus dealer dealership and bought a certified pre-owned Lexus. It was the perfect car. It was exactly what I wanted. Um, And the experience was so great. And I understand the places like Carvana, you know, they're like trying to get rid of the dealer BS and all that stuff. But it's like, I got to say it. So I I bought that Lexus from the Lexus dealer. And it was like, you know what? Here's what here's uh, Kelly Blue Book. Here's what other cars are going for in the area. Like, here's the paperwork. Like, you don't even have to do the work. Here's we did it all for you. This is what we're asking. Let's talk yeah. about it. And I was like, OK, like and basically I was like, you know what? Everything is so fair. I was like, hey, is there anything you could do for me? He's like, you know what? I'll knock 500 bucks off. I was like, cool. Cause like, it was already like, it was already priced very competitively. I was already very happy with, with where it was priced at. I was super happy with it. I wrote a check, walked out. It was such an easier process. The guy was great. Um, I, and I got, I actually got more out of it. I mean, the car was a better car cause cosmetically, but it was lower miles. And I got like four, I, or maybe it was a year, a year's worth of maintenance, uh, comped on top of it being, um, under warranty. So like, just like oil changes, like a year free of oil changes or something like that. Yeah. Or maybe it's two years. I don't know. But um, that car, unfortunately, got, got told something. <laughs> no, it was great. No. And, and the, the experience was great. Um, That that car, unfortunately, got totaled. And then I kind of started to panic because this is when it was right around the time when cars were starting to go crazy and you couldn't find any cars. I was like, crap. And so I bought the current car that I have now, the Acura. Um, but I also bought that at a dealer and it was a fantastic experience. And I... Both cars have been great. Yeah. I'll never. Yeah. I mean, like. It's very millennial to be like, I'm not, you know, dealers, this and that. They do the markup. Dealers don't really mark up anymore. You you really, there's, I mean, don't get me wrong. They they have to make money. Obviously, they can't sell it for like what you would buy a used car from a private party. They have to make a profit. But like, they aren't, the the, like, if you go to legit dealerships, there's not really crazy pricing anymore they can't because they can't compete with the carvanas and the true maxes and uh or in a no true car and carmax and all these other places that are just like no haggle pricing like basically there's no haggle anymore there's no yeah. like take three grand off and all and it's or i'm walking away like that doesn't exist they're like i can't take three grand off that'd be three grand below basically what the average price is for this car like i can't do it you know yeah no it's nutty it's fucking nutty yeah but eh. it's not a fun process dude it's not a fun process. <laughs> no, it's not. But I will say uh, I liked the dealership process so much better than Carvana. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy. It's an app. Like I was able to buy a, uh, you know, that was the most expensive thing I've ever bought from my phone, <laughs> you know, and that part was cool, but it just wasn't like it was described. It, it wasn't anywhere near. It wasn't anywhere close. If they had accurately described that car, I, would, I wouldn't even have considered it. No. And then I was dealing, I'm like, you know, when you like, you just like fucking, so you just get hate. And like, 
So I was looking at this one car and they were so over market. And I was like, dude, like, I really like the car. I'm not going to like, as a buyer, I shouldn't even be telling you that like, I'm the worst buyer, but like, these are some of the comps. And I was willing to pay like a couple of dollars over, not one or two, but like, I was willing to pay a little bit more because I really like the car. Yeah. And they were like, no, man, this is the same people that sent back a bill of like with six grand attached to it for dealer fees. I'm like, I need a fucking car and you're being a fucking dick. Like, yeah. <laughs> so now like I'm I'm still following the car and they just lowered it a thousand dollars. So I'm going to wait for them because it's not going to sell. It's overpriced. And, they, no, and, they'll, and they'll probably call you about it too. Yeah. They already left a message today and I'm waiting until like it lowers again and being like, oh, remember I was, well, I had to use some of that money that I was offering you. So now, now my offer is like, and I'm just giving a fucking stupid number. Yeah. I'll give you 20 grand for it. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched, I, I've watched a couple cars like that too. Not God, this is like food and car uh, podcast. We should, we should start another podcast and just talk about food and cars. I tell you, people um, like it. I think people like it. Hopefully you guys like it. Um, but I, I went to go look at one car and it was, it, it had damage. It was, this is at a dealer. Um, it was a Lexus and it had damage. And they reported it. it was no big deal and it fixed like just minor cosmetic bumper damage like had some sort of little fender bender and and it was fixed it was uh the the repair was great looked it looked really nice everything was fine low mileage um but the price was like super high and i'm like listen this car's been here you've had it listed for 70 you know that's the nice thing now is like you can see how long the car's been listed I'm like dude, yeah. the car's been listed for 78 days and it's still like it's still like it's it's like five hundred dollars below the high for Kelly Blue Book, and this car has damn it reported damage. Like, yeah. let's work with it. Like, dude, if you took, I was like, literally, if you took three grand off, it would be the average price, and I'll take it. And they're like, no. I'll take it. And yeah. I'm like, I'm not even, I'm not even lowballing you. Like, this car, ha- it's, it's. It's been damaged and repaired. Like that lowers that absolutely lowers the value of the car. You can't charge high. Um, and that car didn't it they they lowered it a grand and then lowered it again and oh, then transferred nice. it and then I, I stopped paying attention. It's like, dude, hell yeah. Like Assholes. the car car was here, the car was on the uh the car was in the um you know, it was listed for three months. Nobody bought it. Like, come on, guys, you gotta see there's something's wrong here. You know, it's the hottest used car market on the planet right now. Yeah. And and it's not selling. What's wrong with this picture? Yeah. But uh yeah, well, congrats on your new purchase. Thank you. I appreciate that. It, it's a pain, but it's always fun getting a new car. I I mean, I always I enjoy I like new things and I like buying things. I don't necessarily enjoy the process, but I will say dealers have made it a lot easier now. They've they've had to step up. That's kind of like uh I don't know what what would be another good example of like everybody else having to like adjust. I guess like Netflix. You know, you know, all these other TV networks have have made apps that you can just like kind of watch online. You don't have to have like TV anymore. And they've all had everybody's had to kind of adjust to Internet TV. Um, I think the, the people like Carvana have made dealerships have to like step their game up because they just wouldn't survive. If Carvana was more successful or or people or systems like that, there's so many. Pick your poison. There's, there's a ton where you can just like buy a no haggle price online car. Yeah. And it delivers to you. Um, if those were better, dealerships would go away. But dealerships oh, have had to like read. They've just they've stepped their game up. And now it's you walk into a dealership and it's not the like schmarmy unless you go to some like 
and we have a bunch of those around here too. Like I'm sure New York does too, where it's like fucking Eddie's auto, you know? And it's like, you have a bunch of weird little cars here. Like you have like a 1987 Toyota yourself for like 800 bucks. Like what the fuck is this doing on the lot? <laughs> you know, um, you, you know, those dealerships, notwithstanding, but like actual, like you go to a Toyota dealership or an Acura dealership or a Lexus dealership or a Honda dealership. You really don't get those like schmarmy sales pitches and add-ons like you used to. Yeah. I gotcha, man. It's fucking funny though. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, what are you going to do? Yeah, man. Fucking Hondo's still in that carrier deck because of Maverick. Hondo. I don't like oh, that awesome. look. I don't like that look, Mav. I'm going to punch you in the face. Why can't you just keep it at Mach 10 and fucking come back? Dick? Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> like that look, Mav, is you look like a piece of shit. Don't do what you're thinking about doing. Yeah. And like, you know, that wasn't the real reaction somebody would have had. Cause remember when like he hit Mach 10 and then he, it stabilized and Hondo was like, um, Oh no. That guy would have been like, motherfucker, you better slow the fuck. I want my yeah. job. My fa- my wife's going to kill me. You better throttle that shit back and come home. He's like, Maverick was just like deuces. Fuck y'all. Ah. <laughs> uh. I love talk it. Me, I talk love to it. me, Goose. Like, remember that? Imagine that. Like, because he said it in the in the beginning too, when he was going past Mach Ten. He's like, "Talk to me, Goose." Goose would be like, yeah. "Slow the fuck down." That's what I'm telling yeah. you. Listen, listen Goose, up, stupid. Goose <laughs> is down. telling you to go to Mach Ten, not ten point one. Oh, jackass. God. Yeah, yeah. No, Goose is probably like, "Yeah, go faster, you dick." Fucking killed me. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you die, man. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, too my long. God. oh God. And then he didn't die again. I was like, this guy's just got freaking too many lives. Top yeah. gun three, baby. I can't wait. I hope I hope yeah. Top Gun Three comes out. God, I'm ready. Man, we'll I'm obsessed with it out of a cannon. Maverick will be like the new Rocketeer in 2040. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, a Rocketeer remake would be good. I love that we'll movie. save that for another podcast, but that was a great movie. movie. I gave my kid such a dirty look because um, he watched it, but he just wasn't into it, which kills me. But like when I first when I first found out, I'm like, "Hey, dude, like let's watch Rocketeer again because I'll watch that movie over and over." And he's like, "No, Daddy, I'm cool." No, he just said, "No, Daddy, I don't want to." I'm like, "What do you mean, man? You know the movie I'm talking about, right?" He's like, "Yeah, I don't really like it that much." And I looked at him with like unacceptable. It was. It was. I don't. He, well, he's too young to know what that looked meant, but it was just like, oh, you, mm. Un- unacceptable. Go to your room. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Oh man, I had to get real hardcore with my kid tonight. Piper, they went to like some Christmas thing, and she just was being a little spoiled brat and like talked back to mommy. So like, what we do, our newest thing—not new thing, but it's been working for a while—is uh, you know, when they're bad um obviously like they get spoken to and um i don't get too far into it but basically we make them write a letter to like okay to apologize and um so it's just so funny like can you picture me like because they're so freaking cute like you don't want to like be like this <laughs> so, so I know. it's so hard to like hold in the laugh there because and then my wife will be like laughing in the background and i'll get pissed you please stop that <laughs> it's so hard yeah, yeah. and then it. they write the letter and it's like the cutest letter it's like yeah what you say um 
I am so sorry for, she didn't say annoying. It was like, a, it was something I forget, but she obviously didn't spell it right. She's like, fine. Um, I'm so sorry. I won't do it again. You know, I'm sorry. I love you. And then she like draws like a picture, which is obviously beautiful in my eyes. And you would think the kid needs help oh, yeah. if you saw it. <laughs> so funny. But, yeah. So funny. And then not to keep going on, because I do have to go. Um, there's a new thing where parents now, I don't know if you do this, but I will like you a lot. I will like you less if you do. But there's a thing in New York where parents are telling their kids um, early about, about Santa not being, I don't know if my kids are listening, about the big dude not being real. No. And they call it a Santa free house. No. Ridiculous, right? No. But dude, I've got, I've got the elf on the shelf that I move every i hope my i hope my girls don't listen to this podcast um but i i the elf comes out december 1st yeah and continues until christmas day and nice. they believe that you know magic your, fairy does what's your elf's name i don't know if they named her they would oh, call her so many things they call her elfie but like they, that's what they, i thought like, you told me yeah yeah they call her elfie um, but like they've called her other things. They've tried to name her, and then they I think they just like they love uh, pet names. I forced my kids to the name that I wanted to name it, <clears throat> which is it. Uncle Frank from Home Alone. Uncle Frank. <laughs> so Frank. Like, oh, they'll wake up and they'll be like, "Uncle Frank moved." I'm like, yes, he did. Yes, he did. No, <laughs> yes, no, did. I, we're a Santa house. Little pervert. <laughs> as soon as the oldest figures it out, um, I think, she like, gets to keep the secret. It. Right. But think about it. Like as a parent, like it's tough enough, but then you get near Christmas time and that's a free, like get your kid in line thing. Like really quick. Santa's watching and the kid will like snap too. You know, why would you give that up? Yeah. That power. I agree. You know, that's just stupid. That's, this is where I live in freaking millennialville. Yeah. Yeah. People are weird. People are weird. weird, man. Yeah. Let's, uh, Let's stick a Christmas fork in this thing, dude. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Oh, ditto. Jinx. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who's our next guest going to be? Uh, you know, we've got a couple people uh, in the queue that we need to get on. We need to get Gator back on. I really um, want to get Kermit. My, you know who my, like, my fantasy list would be? Huh. Uh, Kermit, Wait- Kermit Weeks. Um... I wanted to throw Gene Susie on that that list. We need to reach um, out to Gene Susie. I thought I did. Maybe I maybe I emailed him and I didn't get here back. And Tom Cruise. There's still oh like God. scowl him. Like, what is your mm. fucking problem, man? Oh, are you kidding me? I would talk about him owning two different pits and oh, it'd be so much fun. Oh my god. It'd be so much fun. God, the guys beautiful. I'd like to I think right now I really want to get Kirby Chambliss on. If anybody can help. Get Kirby Chambliss on. I really, really, really want to get Kirby Chambliss on. Yeah, we'd have to do some show notes for that because he's. Oh, we'd be happy I, to. Yeah, we'd be happy to. But yeah, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll work on it. We have uh, we have um, little Christmas break, and then uh, we'll be back at it next week, guys. So we'll yeah. uh, we'll think of something. We'll have a guest on next week. I love to get like a chef on too, like you know, because we talk about food and stuff. <laughs> Maybe we can find a pilot who also is a chef. Everybody's screaming into their cars right now. Oh, they're Chef so Pitts. mad. Chef Pitts. We've Chef been talking Pitts. about <laughs> reprimanding our kids, Santa, elf, food, cars, and then like three minutes of airplanes. 
Oh, yeah, I so mad. I, oh yeah, I flew three hundred L. Oh, that's cool. Anyway. Uh, yeah, 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 Top Gun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tomorrow next week we'll, we'll be more airplanes. We'll we'll get a guest on and we'll talk maybe some airplanes. We're gonna get Gator on to talk about like I don't know non aviation things, but uh, <laughs> no, we'll uh, yeah. we'll get a guest on. We'll talk about some flying stuff. Um, thank you hey, to Lyft. Love you, Lyft. Merry Christmas, Lyft. Um, he'll give the gift that keeps on giving, which is like some Lyft shoes, you know? I thought you were going to say just donate money. <laughs> donate. You know what? Give the gift that keeps on giving. Donate money to fly cool shit. Uh, give me money. You know? Yeah, give us money. No, um, uh, thank you to Lyft. Uh, they support aviation. They support aerobatics. Go support them. LyftAviationUSA.com. Use the promo code FlyCoolShit at checkout for 25% off. And flycoolshit.com slash merch. It's way too late to buy somebody a shirt for Christmas, but you know, maybe for a little after Christmas, a little uh January uh, gift, you know, be pretty nice. And I love yeah. it. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Love it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. <laughs>